Well, good morning, church. Please open your Bibles to Proverbs 16. Last week, we started a new mini-series titled The Wonder of God, and we're looking to just a few of the attributes of God. These attributes of God are just one part of what makes God such a magnificent wonder. Yes, we are looking to the wonder of God. Now, attributes are the big word that sometimes confuses people, but simply... All the attributes really means is qualities or characteristics of God. And when talking about the attributes of God, there are two different types of categories, the communicable and the non-communicable. Here's an easy way to remember this. The communicable attributes of God are attributes which we too can communicate within our own lives and to others. God communicates them within us. We manifest them. The non-communicable are those which we cannot communicate. We cannot fully manifest or even partially manifest. Now, last week we looked to one of the communicable attributes of God, which is God is love. And as we looked to that, we also saw that that is a communicable attribute. We too are to love as God. But in God's love, it is perfect, it is flawless, and only he can truly manifest it to the fullest, the fullest degree. We can just partially do it. And this is why we ended last week's sermon, last week's message, with saying we should pray for God to help us to love like he loves. Today we largely look to the non-communicable, but a little bit to the communicable as well as we talk about God is sovereign and wise. We can learn from his wisdom, his sovereignty, and apply wisdom to our own lives based off his sovereignty. God is sovereign and wise. And yes, we can learn from God's wisdom. This can be manifested within our own lives and through this wisdom, his wisdom, we can trust in his sovereign power over and in all things. Wisdom. It's a priceless thing. This is not to mean priceless as of no value or free, but of the meaning of much value. Priceless. In fact, wisdom has been said to be priceless, For a value simply cannot be placed upon it. For instance, one might say the marriage to your spouse and your family's lives are priceless. One cannot buy them from you. There is no price that can be placed upon it. The wisdom of God is the same. In our day of information at our fingertips, though, people are always searching for more wisdom for something in somewhere. And the question is not, the question is not if wisdom knowledge is attainable, but where do we find the answers to life's questions and needs? Where do you go for wisdom? Far too often we go everywhere but the Bible, everywhere but God, everywhere but prayer, or at the very least, we go everywhere else first. We look for wisdom on how to live righteously, how to live joyfully, how to live happily, how to live with peace, how to have self-control, how to have, have control over our emotions. We look for wisdom in all these things first from the world instead of God's sovereign wisdom. Maybe we go to Facebook and we ask advice of so called Friends, some of these friends of which maybe you haven't even seen or heard from in years. And when you did know them personally, you didn't really value the wisdom then that they had to give. Yet suddenly, they seem like a great resource to you in your time of need. Then, if their knowledge is not what you're looking for, 
Maybe you turn to strangers, people like self-help books, TV shows, or YouTube. And all this may be okay if you're looking for advice on how to fix a car or an oven or learning a new hobby, such as how to smoke some great barbecue ribs. But if we are searching for answers to life, how to live a righteous and joyous life, we must look to the sovereign Lord and submit to him and his role, for he is the one and only one in full control. Let me say that again. Our Lord is sovereign. We must look to him, for he is sovereign and wise. Submit to him and his rule, for he is the one and only one ever in full control. Where do we go for wisdom? Go to the sovereign and wise Lord. We need not fear. We need not be afraid. We must submit to him. For he is in full control. Let's read from Proverbs 16, verse 1 to 15 now. Please follow along. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. The Lord has made everything for its purpose even the wicked for the day of trouble. Everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. By steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity is atoned for, and by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues with injustice. The heart of man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. A key verse for today, verse 9 of Proverbs 16. The heart of a man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. An oracle is on the lips of a king. His mouth does not sin in judgment. A just balance and scales are the Lord's. All the weights in the bag are his work. It's an abomination to kings to do evil. For the throne is established by righteousness. Righteous lips are the delight of a king. And he loves him who speaks what is right. A king's wrath is a messenger of death. And a wise man will appease it. In the light of a king's face there is life. And his favor is like the clouds that bring this spring rain. Now, thank you for following along. Before we discuss the text we just read, we must first discuss what it means to have a sovereign Lord. What does it mean to have a sovereign God? Most common dictionaries definitions say to be sovereign means to have supreme authority or power. In the essence of our Lord, our God, it means that he is always in complete control with supreme authority and power. He is always in control. Because of this, or concerning these definitions, one may now come to understand that all things in this world happen either because he is in, because he in his sovereign control has caused it or allowed it to come to be. Point one. This is point one. The sovereign Lord is in complete control. Looking to the start of the text today, Proverbs 16, 1 to 3, we see this point one. The sovereign Lord is in complete control. The plan of the heart may be of man, but the answer is ultimately from 
the Lord. And this is still true today, and we'll see this throughout this scripture and others as we look throughout God's word this morning. You see, the work of mankind, which is established, is only the work which is committed to the Lord and goes along with his will. God alone is sovereign and possesses ultimate control. He is the sovereign ruler, leader, and none other rules over him or his will. There are many people who have either lived before us or live in the present day who may feel that they are sovereign. They feel that they are ultimately in control. Similarly, there are also many sovereign leaders in books and movies. There are also even countries who believe themselves to be sovereign nations. But in all these things, none are like our sovereign God. They may feel like they are all-powerful, all-knowing, but history and the Bible tells the stories of the fall of many great peoples and nations. These people and nations very well may all be included with these future history books. Fallen. Speaking to the fictional, even our books and movies often depict or show the great demise, fall, and destruction of these people and nations. I enjoy watching Star Wars. Maybe some of you do as well. It's had an uptake, a a popularity increase lately. And in the more recent movies, there's a character by the name of the supreme or sovereign leader, Snoke. Despite his name, though, in the end, spoiler alert, we see his death. Even he dies. Not the sovereign and supreme individual he thought he was, is he? After this, spoiler alert again, we find out that he was ultimately created by a much more powerful individual, and this is true of us all. We were all created by a much more powerful individual. Unlike Snoke or his creator, Darth Sidious, known as Emperor Palpatine, we were all created by the Lord God Almighty, the one true God. The Lord God Almighty is great. He is the great I am, and unlike Emperor Palpatine or Snoke, he has no creator. He is truly in full control, and no one will ever conquer him or ruin his plans. As Jeremiah 10.6 says, There's none like you, O Lord. You're great, and your name is great in might. Furthermore, in Revelation 22.13, God himself proclaims, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Our great God within the beginning. He is the source of all things. And in First John, and John 1, 3 to 5, read, All things were made through him. Without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. <clears throat> God is always in full control. Here in these scriptures, we see his sovereignty on full display. This is our great God. The Lord God is the one true God, the creator of all things, present, past, future, and all things happen according to his will and purpose. He is the one, the only, this totally true, supreme, and sovereign ruler. And in him we find life. In him we find wisdom for living. In this wisdom we find understanding to see the truth of Scripture, such as Romans eleven thirty six, which defines his sovereign control further, stating, From him 
and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Isaiah 45, 5-7 reinforces a few of these ideas yet further, stating, I am the Lord, and there is no other apart from me. There is no God. I will strengthen you, though you have not acknowledged me, so that from the rising of the sun to the place of its setting, people may know there is none besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form the light and create darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. From this scripture, we see that he even has supreme and sovereign control over the light and the darkness. When we consider his sovereignty, we must then also consider the wisdom of which such a supreme authority has in comparison to our own. What a wealth of wisdom he has blessed those with who submit to his rule. Psalm 92, 5-6 gives a great comparison of his wisdom compared to ours. Saying, how great are your works, O Lord, your thoughts are very deep. The stupid man cannot know, the fool cannot understand this. This has been one of my favorite pieces of scripture, not because it calls us fools or stupid, but because it speaks of the greatness of the wisdom of our great sovereign Lord. I don't know about you, but that actually makes me feel pretty good because there's so many days in this life where I just feel like I don't have a clue what is going on. I don't have a clue what to do. I don't have a clue what is going to happen today or tomorrow or in the future with so much pain, so much suffering, so much struggle. But I can find great joy in knowing that he does. He does. In his sovereign control, he does. You see, the world will continue to fall. People, kingdoms, nations, until they recognize the sovereignty of God and submit to him and his wisdom for daily righteous living. And we must submit to his rule every day. His plan will always come to be. Remember, he is always in control. Submit to him and his sovereign wisdom to rule and be blessed. This is the way. This is the way. Proverbs 19.21 rightly proclaims, Many are the plans in the mind of a man. But it's the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Mankind may make plans of the heart, but the sovereign Lord decides that they come to be. Let me state that again. <clears throat> A reference back to Proverbs here. 16. The mankind may make plans of the heart, but the sovereign Lord decides if they come to be. As we go to point two, remember the sovereign Lord is in complete control always. And point two is this. The sovereign Lord judges and punishes evil. The sovereign Lord judges and punishes evil. This is our second point, And we find it in Proverbs 16, 4 to 5. Listen as I read. The Lord has made everything for his purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. Everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured, he will not go unpunished. To some, this is very unpleasant news. Punishment, judgment. But to others, <clears throat> well, we may delight to hear that punishment will come to some. The word of God may be difficult to take in, to swallow. For those who do not submit to God's sovereign control and wisdom for living. But it is a delight to those who abide in him. It is a great blessing to us for eternity. Sometimes the word of God is difficult to swallow, but it does not mean that it is not true. 
And even within our very nation's laws, there are laws, whether liked or disliked, they are true. It's law, and there are consequences for breaking such laws. Well, there's also punishment and judgment for punishing the laws of God. You hear this, God knows all, controls all, and he judges all. And just as there are consequences in our nation for those who do not submit to the rule of the land, there are consequences to those who do not submit to God as Lord over all and follow Christ as their great reconciler. The sovereign Lord will judge and punish evil. Sinful man is evil and must submit to Jesus the Lord, for in him alone we find the atonement for sin, for evil, of which we need. Romans 5.11 says, Now we may now rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation from sin to those that believe. There are consequences to those who break laws of the world. There is consequence to sin. Sin and all the evil of this world will be punished by our sovereign Lord. But to those who confess Jesus as Lord, salvation is here. God's love is available as an alternative to the punishment and judgment. Which side of this truth will you be for eternity? A sentence of eternal punishment by the sovereign Lord or salvation and eternal blessings in and through the righteousness and reconciliation of Christ. The consequence of sin is a literal hell, but praise the sovereign Lord that although he is just and we justly deserve a punishment, he gave us Jesus. Jesus took the punishment we deserved upon him at the cross at Calvary. Praise the Lord, for the story does not end there. He raised victoriously from the tomb. Victorious was he over death, Satan's schemes and power in our sin. Trust in Jesus. And find salvation from punishment, judgment. Eternal punishment and judgment does not await Christ's followers, but blessings and rewards. Do you trust Jesus? Will you be blessed or punished for eternity? This brings us to point three, verses six to nine. Point three, the sovereign Lord saves and rewards those who submit to him. Please listen as I read verse six to nine. By the steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity is atoned for. And by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues with injustice. The heart of a man's plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. This scripture is full of blessings, full of rewards, but I have two quick ideas to pull out of this section of scripture and of which help us to see the sovereignty of God in an applicable way. One, first, The cross of Jesus proves that God not only can use the evil acts of man to accomplish his plans, but also that the sovereign Lord saves and rewards those who trust in him and submit to him in his rule. Two, secondly, the sovereign Lord may bring, may bring peace between you and your enemies. Do not lose hope. Do not lose hope. This does not mean that your enemies disappear I also do not believe it to mean that your enemies always become friends, though sometimes they may. But what scripture says here is that he makes your enemies at peace with you. In this, I believe that he may help lead them along a different path 
or they stop actively pursuing you. Maybe it's because they too come to know Christ and they realize there's something better to focus on. However, even when they continue to pursue you, we have a great reward in knowing that he is with us and has sovereign authority, control, and a plan even in this. I wrap up this point with saying, do not lose hope. Do not lose hope. Focus on God's sovereignty and find wisdom to live by seeing the salvation you have and the future rewards and blessings which await all those who submit to him. Point four, in the final section we're focusing on today, Proverbs 16, verses 10 to 15. We won't read this. We'll just read forward to it. In the final verses of this section of Scripture, the word Lord changes to king. The Lord God Almighty is a sovereign king. He rules majestically and he rules with and through King Jesus. If you're following the sovereign Lord and yielding to his wisdom for life, you need not be afraid. The sovereign Lord as king has provided a great reward in the world for all who submit to his rule. This is Jesus. And in him is the wisdom, for in him is true forgiveness of sin and life forever with God found. He rewards his servants with a great helper, the Holy Spirit, and his wisdom guides our ways. He creates peace and will bring with him assurance of the future of a new eternal kingdom with God. You need not be afraid, for God rules majestically over all creation and rewards those who follow him. Colossians 1.16 reminds us that God created all things and holds all things together, both in heaven and on earth, both visible and invisible. Set your problems at the feet of God. Allow him to not just take care of them, but to work in and through your life and bring rewards, great blessings, of which only his sovereign authority is capable to bring to life. Jeremiah 32, 17 proclaims a great proclamation, an anthem of which we too should proclaim, saying, Sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Nothing is too hard for God. All will work out for his will and glory, for he is always in full control. Will you look to him? Will you look to God? Well, you look to him as sovereign and recognizing he is in full control and that God uses everything for his purpose. We must be still, focus on God and see that he will fight for those who submit to him. Be still and await the rewards, the blessings of which he freely bestows upon those who submit to his majestic reign. And as we close, I'd like you to see this point. God being sovereign is great news. You see, his sovereignty means we can depend on him. We can depend on him. That all evil still follows under his reign, falls under his reign, and even it will even be used for his glorious plan. One author stated powerfully, we, we humans sometimes act unwisely simply because we do not have all the facts. Well, we're recognizing God's sovereignty. We can recognize he does have all the facts. He knows and has supreme authority control. This sovereignty is good news. It's great news. For all that happens, the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, all of it is under his reign. Majestically, he controls all. 
and again. He either causes it to come to be or allows it, and he will be glorified in it all. Praise God. He is good. The take-home today is simply to trust in his sovereignty. Within his sovereign rule is wisdom on how to live. God being a great wonder of the world means there are still many mysteries of which we can only begin to understand. But what matters is that we remember that he knows all. He controls all. And there are rewards and blessings to all who follow his majestic lead. Stand and worship in all of his greatness. And as you do so, remember some additional powerful words of one author which stated, God exercises his sovereign rule through sacrificial and self-giving love. And he does so for our sake. For our sake. Praise God, his sovereign rule benefits us. It benefits us. We have a great reward in him. Let's close in prayer and song now. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your sovereign word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Spirit. Thank you to our triune God, for he is good and blesses us all through his sovereign rule of his kingdom. Amen.